Super Talk Mississippi media production. Find your new ride at Kia McCombs all-new location at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Come find out why McComb loves Kia McComb at the corner of I-55 and Highway 98. Right on the corner, right on the price. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. Oh, my goodness. I shouldn't have watched the weather forecast this morning. Because now I know how hot it's going to be for how long. And that means I have things I have to tell you. It's not really that I shouldn't have. That's my job. Guess what? You're not irrigating enough. <laughs> if you have seen, if you've ridden through anybody's neighborhood. Now, now, there are dear friends of mine in the northern tier of Mississippi and lower Tennessee and even eastern Alabama who've gotten a brush or two with rain this past week. I'm pretty sure it's gone. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. But we can't count on it at this particular point in time. And the the news is, this is the time of year when your azaleas, your camellias, even your hollies are setting everything up for next year. So many plants need enough water in the summertime to nourish the buds that they're forming to keep the leaves healthy so that they don't drop off prematurely and therefore cause some kind of stunting later on. I know you'll see it. You'll see Japanese maples right now. You'll see dogwoods right now that look like it is late October. They've got little dots all over the leaves, and the next thing you know, well, yep, they're going to drop off. That's because not entirely because of water, but water is certainly part of our problem. That premature defoliation, though, can really cause issues not only for you because you miss your fall color, but because it can precipitate other things to happen too soon. You may find that things will try to bloom later, like November, instead of in March. So just keep an eye on things, and if you have an opportunity to look under that mulch and put your finger in the soil, make sure that if you, even if you have an irrigation system, but certainly if you do it by hand, that you are make, you're getting water into the soil itself, okay? All right. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. There's so many things happening right now. I, I noticed this morning I just planted seeds and my basil has popped up. There, this is all for the fall garden, of course. There are plenty of things that you can be doing that don't really involve necessarily going out and standing under the hot sun. And starting seeds is certainly one of them. Doesn't take much, doesn't take much time, and you'll have things ready to transplant in a, in a month or six weeks at the at the most. This particular point in time, we're at the early part of August. There are a lot of things we'd like to be putting into the garden in September. But the biggest real difference, because other things have a wider planting time, you know, you can plant beets from now till Thanksgiving in some parts of the listening area. But right now, you need to be actually thinking about your spinach. Everybody loves spinach, and guess what? It's gotten more expensive. So here's the thing. Give yourself the opportunity. Plant a few seeds now. Six weeks from now, you'll be glad you did. Okay. Oh. 
Good morning, Lance. Good, good morning, We're going to call Mama. him Greg for this question. Yeah, Greg, Greg, <laughs> hey, Greg. Is, yeah, he wants he wants me to ask, so okay. he likes taking notes. So he's he's a regular <laughs> caller for us from North Mississippi. He said is you know lives in a beautiful place, got crepe myrtles and azaleas and everything. But uh, he was looking out there and saw all of his crepe myrtles. You know, most all of the uh, the crepe paper is on the ground, and mm-hmm. he was curious uh, at what point in time after the summer runs its course after the blooms everything falls off can he prune or trim or do something to prepare them better in the winter for as we come back you know to growing season next year well crepe myrtles have the capacity to bloom again so if they're within height you can cut off the flower clusters you can do that kind of pruning right now just that tipping take off the flower clusters and one set of leaves behind them and you'll get more flowers in about a month or six weeks but if you do other pruning right now, it needs to be the sort that removes a hazard. Because when we prune crepe myrtle at this time of the year, especially if there's any rain at <clears throat> any rain at all, or if you water, then we end up with a profusion of of growth, which you then have to deal with. So if you cut off a part that you were intending to that you wanted to be shorter next year, you may end up having to prune it again, and it'll be in weaker shape because you've already pruned it and it has proliferated. So it's better not to do that right now. However, I'm always in favor of cutting off the flower clusters to get some more to bloom. So that's that's perfectly acceptable. Or if one of the branches of the tree is scraping your car when you drive in the driveway, go ahead and take it off all the way and just deal with the profusion that's going to come after that because you, you, know, you don't need to have a hazard. I hope that helps. It sounds like the perfect answer. Wonder to me. what color they were. Oh, he's, he had the pinks and whites. <laughs> oh, fun! Both, yeah. Very nice. I was looking again at the ones here that are mostly pink, except for the one that's the wrong color in the line. And I, I always think of crepe myrtles. I'm sure other plants do it, but crepe myrtles just stand out so much when when the, because usually when the example here, the strawberry one is just shaped differently than the other trees. I think it stands out, but I have a feeling that the other crepe myrtles probably talk about that one behind their hands, you know. Why are those flowers that color? Why are those branches so short? You know, that kind of stuff. 888 That's the Super Talk call line where Greg found us today. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line. And... Uh, Somebody has sent lizard pictures. That would be you, right? Oh, good, because I didn't get to see them before. That's so cute. I do love lizards. I'm I'm real fond. Well, of, and you know, you and I were laughing about you know the, all the critters that get in your garden. I've, already, I've seen the cicadas, the yeah. full-grown lizards, the geckos, salamanders, um, the the carpenter bees. They seem to enjoy, or what some type of bumblebee. You know, it, it mm-hmm. likes to go in and out of the basil flower. Almost, mm-hmm. I'll leave one. Of the little shoots on the top because this bee he loves just coming. See, he's saying that because you know I don't want you to leave the flowers on basil or coleus I know, yeah, or mint yeah. or I any leave of those. one just because this guy he's always <laughs> around and he's he'll go from here to there and over here and back and you know it's fun. But uh, the cicadas though, I mean it's not a big year for them obviously, but no, they're, they're out enough. They're noisy though. They, they are making a lot of racket. And they and actually like fun. dry conditions. So they must. They've been very happy with this particular Def- season definitely. that they're having. I'm I'm not so happy. They're noisy, and I I don't mind them at all. But now the cats have started attempting to grab all of the molts. You know how their their dry shells are places. They're starting to hoard them. I don't know what they're going to do with them, but 
I, I just it's, I found two or three little places where they've stuck three or four of them together. But since the cicadas don't do that, it has to be the cats. Yeah, they're making a pile. Of, they, they've got a little pile. My, my, you know, as soon as that one of my cats hears it, it's like he's hallucinating. It could be three houses down, and all of a sudden they go. He goes into a cicada mode. Has a you fit. Know. Oh, yeah. he's ready. Well, you know, the the full moon has just been upon us, and for those of you who like me um, ha- have have cats that like to go in and out of the house. Unfortunately, at this time of the month, we often have dogs running in a small pack through my yard, too. And I really I don't mind bringing the cats in, but I'm tired of cleaning up behind y'all's dogs. Keep them at your house, even in the full moon. <laughs> Keep them somewhere else. Don't let They tore up my herb garden today, messed up some stuff. I had to pick it all back up, and I don't have time for that. I got too much else to do. Hey, now. I have just been studying recently uh, some pieces about the the differences and the similarities between butterflies and moths, and I'm kind of tickled. I have really not got I, – I, I know I, I recognize, you know, moths at night, butterflies in the day, all that sort – all those things that you learn as a little kid or that you're told as a little kid. But one of the things that is interesting to me is how do they get that way? And in some cases – the 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 question is like the chicken or the egg is that does the moth exist because there are flowers that bloom at night or do the flowers bloom at night because there are moths and those those questions are some of the things that they're trying to figure out the, the, there's a common ancestor that butterflies and moths had and as as well as them there's also caddisflies which is another critter in the the aquatic world. So what they've been working on is trying to compare the chromosomes and see where the differentiation happened into day and night and so forth and so on. There are the the most interesting thing to me about moths and butterflies and I, I don't I'm not a geneticist by any means, but one of the first things I was taught is that they have widely varying numbers of chromosomes. And that to me means that it should they should all be in different groups and families and stuff but actually the homology of it the structures of their dna's even though the components may be different the structures are extremely similar and that's what this new work from the university of exeter is letting us know today if if the genes are on a string in other words you inherit them together and that's how that's working pretty interesting they're trying to also figure out how and why that all happened and I'm not going to tell you this, but, yeah, the flowers win. (laughs) They're certainly not through with their research, but that's going to be it. That's going to be part of it. I have been also planting parsley and cilantro this week. In, lo- in looking ahead towards the fall, I'm, I never have good success with cilantro. I, I grow it about half as well as I grow parsley, but I grow parsley very, very well. So that's all started up again. I'm also starting some of the other varieties of the cornflowers. And yes, today I'm announcing that I do have cornflower seeds arriving at my place very shortly. So if you would like to plant cornflowers with me this fall, Send me your physical address in an email to mamaonair at yahoo.com. I'm going to see how many, how many blue flowers we can get going this particular autumn. I think it'll be fun. I had several. There's a, when we get to it, there are pictures in the, uh, in the email, which we're trying to access this morning. There are 
the 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 bumblebees on my Vitex tree have been just phenomenal. They're bigger than my thumb, and there are scores of them. Now the tree is not huge, but I did limb it up so it's taller, and there are not as many branches down low, so I can get underneath it to take pictures and also just to stand and listen to them hum. It's one of the nicest noises that you'll ever hear. It, it's a fun thing to do. Rich is in Kentwood. He says uh, he thinks he planted too soon. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's good. Anyway, misting system above the greens, above the spinach, rather, to keep it cool in the heat of the day. That's really good. And they do listen in on the app, so they're letting us know that. So these are your figs I'm looking at now, huh? They are. I was telling you earlier, I got about 10 little, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're not gumball size yet, but they're like the little penny gumballs mm-hmm. you would get at Jitney mm-hmm. Jungle as a kid. And there's about <laughs> 10 of those. And uh, they're doing well. It looks like they're beautiful green. And I just noticed them in the last three days, probably. They but probably I, just popped. But I, I've been watering and watering and watering regularly, like you suggest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. That seems to have helped them, but, uh, you know, I've got some good shoots at the bottom, and that's the next picture I was mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm. show you and see, you know, is this is this correct? Uh, <laughs> let me make sure I yeah, got Yeah, they the look right, fine. got the right one here. It looks great. Let's see. Okay, I, got, I know what I'm dealing with here The other now, thing, so. if, if the other, only other thing that I would do would be to um, let water drip. If it, if it stays at 100 degrees mm-hmm. and you want to keep the figs, I would certainly let water dripping there for several hours at a time just okay. ignore it you know not not so you can even see it just turn it on really really slowly because if the figs are forming now they have the capacity to be figs and be ripe by about october and Fantastic. we're seeing that from other folks that have had the trees that were damaged mine of course is not going to do anything this year so uh, n- now that i've said that i'll walk out there today and there'll be two figs but there haven't been any so far and well, yes they tried. I am I still, had one. i'm still watering it but it's hard to water well i had one and then it was if you see those sprouts coming out of the bottom those are about almost two feet now yeah and so it's going to be a nice little tree when it changes well, it was, <laughs> it's gonna be, yeah, it was it'll a, be a little shrub now it was a, it was a you know a, a rehab it had gone up and it, uh, one of the limbs had just sprouted off at about mm-hmm. a 45 mm-hmm. degree. The other one had, had died, so I cut it off. And I had about one fig. I'm, I was looking at that, and it was beautiful. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have figs. And then everything, everything just kind of wilted and yeah. died. Yeah. And, and then so this happened. And I've been you know really taking care of it the best I could. And all of a sudden, I saw all these figs in there. And I said, wow, man, this uh, this is doing better than I thought. I didn't think I was going to have anything. Well, so. you're, you're doing the testimonial that I can't really say often enough. F- water makes the difference most of the time. For most plants, the, the we oftentimes have plenty of fertilizer in the soil. We have plenty of good air, humidity, air circulation, all drainage, all of those mm-hmm. things are set up well. But if there's not enough water in the system, they can't possibly do anything. That One of the pieces that we are talking about also at this time of the year are all the things that are going to bloom next spring that won't. And you'll be surprised when you find out that it didn't rain at your house for six weeks and you didn't water anything. Well, then in that case, you. but we've also got some heat damage this summer. I've noticed that my neighbor's hydrangeas are not blooming, and, and they didn't freeze this winter. They're up against a building. So they should be doing fine like they always do, but even they are not particularly happy. I have one hydrangea flower on one plant and two on another, which is not common. Usually by this time, they've all bloomed, and I have lots and lots of flowers drying. But instead, 
only the limelight is really looking good. And it's it has plenty of flowers on it. But it didn't grow back as thickly as I would like it to. Washington State University is letting us know about about bees. You know, we're always interested in how many native bees there are, how many imported bees there are, how many bees there are, period. And knowing that a little bit of their origin can help. But as usual, when we study these things, we find out something that we didn't know before. And in this case, the bees came along millions of years, tens of millions of years sooner than we thought. This particular tracing of bee genealogy, and I don't think this is anything that we can purchase for $45. They probably had to work on this for a while. They went back 120 million years to the supercontinent that we all understand about Gondwana, which before everything split, in other words, and those are that's Africa and South America. That's where they were when they were together before they split. And that is one of the reasons why we have so many different kinds of native bees. The split happened so long ago. They were already there, so we ended up with two different worlds for the bees to to evolve in. And frankly, good thing for us, we, we got them all because we certainly need them. University of Sao Paulo is involved in this, a whole global, big global team, and it is really the first time that they have statistical evidence that they needed. They now know that the bees are originally southern hemisphere insects in the first place. So the Eastern Europe, the European B and all those things came from this. How about that? More to know, more to learn. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. You know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. 
catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I'm Richard Taco Johnson, candidate for Madison County Constable in District 3. I'm a lifelong resident of Madison County and a full-time law enforcement officer. I've spent the last 25 years keeping our community safe from violent offenders and child predators. I've served as a Madison County Deputy Sheriff, a Conservation Officer, a Senior Investigator with the Mississippi Attorney General's Office, and a Federal Task Force Officer. I believe experience, transparency, and accountability matter. If you would like to find out more about me as a candidate, I invite you to check out my Facebook page. Just search for Richard Taco Johnson for Constable and my Instagram at Taco for Constable. Please vote to elect Richard Taco Johnson as Madison County Constable District 3 in the August 8th Republican primary. Let's make August 8th Taco Tuesday, paid for and approved by Richard Taco Johnson. Calling all bargain hunters. St. James Episcopal Church in Fondren is having its annual rummage sale on August 5th from 7 to 11 a.m. There'll be an assortment of furniture, art, toys, and clothing all at great prices. Plus, all proceeds benefit church outreach ministries. So come on down to St. James Episcopal Church on August 5th for a great day of shopping and giving back. The sale will be held at St. James Episcopal Church at 3921 Oak Ridge Drive in Fondren. For more info, find the St. James Rummage Sale page on Facebook. Consumer Cellular's award-winning customer support is 100% based in the U.S. And you are 100% based in the U.S. That's something you have in common with Consumer Cellular's customer service. And Consumer Cellular customer service likes pizza. And you like pizza. And Consumer Cellular has an acute fear of spiders. And your fear of spiders is acute as well. So you already have so many things to discuss when you call Consumer Cellular to talk about our affordable and flexible phone plans. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Hey, this is Bob, and if you're like me, you like dealing with local people. Majestic Metals was founded in Mississippi in 1954 and are headquartered right in Gluckstadt. For complete metal building systems and steel roofing and siding, call the hometown folks. Majestic Metals, 800-647-8540 or online at MajesticMetalsINC.com. Well, I got a little garden in my backyard, a little hoe and a little mowing, but the work ain't hard. It's the cutest little place that you ever did see. I've been working in the garden till I turn green. Don't forget your sunscreen. <laughs> That's another thing you need to be doing right now. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. This is the place where we talk about the plants that we like, the plants that we don't, the plants that we wish our neighbors would grow and the ones that we really wish they wouldn't. But guess what? They're plants that we don't see as often as we should. And one of the nicest plants on a shady porch in the summertime or in a shady bed, if you if you happen to be south of Jackson and, and onward to the coast, is Akuba or Akuba, depending on who you talk to. It's pronounced either way. It'll be called gold dust plant. And most of the time, it's a very subtle plant. It just stands there. And it has lovely green leaves, sometimes serrated, sometimes not, with dots all over them, speckles, splashes of color. 
and it just brightens up that sort of shady corner, whether it's in a container or whether it's in a flower bed of some sort. But what happens in the summer, and this is regardless of whether you're looking at a wet summer or a dry summer, it just will do this sometimes. You'll look out there one day and the whole top of the thing has turned black and you think, well, that's crazy. That whole shoot shouldn't be like that. I wonder, is it fire blight? Is it some kind of, did I water too much? Did I, what? You didn't do anything. It's just one of the flukes of that particular plant and probably why it's not any more popular than it is. They don't really mean that there's any bad problem going on the tips just died and because it is such a tender plant they they go immediately dark so don't over don't fertilize it don't feel like you need to start growing it again go ahead and just cut off the problem and let it go on and if you've got drought water if you if it's you can't do anything about the heat but if you find that you have got it sitting in water by all means don't water it anymore but there are always uh, there are always reasons why we have plants, and that one is good for color and bright contrast in fairly deep shade. Um, I think of it growing with mahonias, maybe with uh, some of the some of the ferns that we talk about, holly fern and that sort of thing that can take a fairly dark environment. Pretty nice stuff, though. Let's see what's going on here. Janice says, uh, here's the fig tree. We've been talking about figs around here, and I hope that you'll go ahead and send us your pictures of yours. If you are looking in at supertalk.tv, you're getting a chance to see some other pictures. I appreciate Rich sending us his, uh, he's gardening under the solar panels. And quite frankly, it's genius in the summer. One of the problems that we have, of course, is too much unrelenting sun on things like these greens that he's growing. So getting under the solar panels where they, there is going to be shade under them, because they're working on top, you know, that's a whole different world. I love that. Uh, Janice, this is great. In New Albany, the fig tree is, this is another case where the fig tree is going to be so much prettier now. <laughs> it's like Lance's. Mine is still growing along the ground, so it doesn't, it doesn't qualify for this conversation. But y'all's are looking really good. They're going to be nice rounded shapes, you know. They're going to be really pretty little plants, and then they're going to get bigger and bigger. But here's the thing. Yes, you can cut down, the, you can cut the dead limbs out of the fig now. And because it will also allow more sunlight to come in, it's a good idea to do that. That's one of the things that we probably do need to be doing at this time of year. I will say, though, that if you don't, you know, don't worry about it. I, I wish you would. I, I looked at a patch of, for example, Asiatic jasmine in, in beds that froze is growing back in most cases, but it's got big holes in it. And it doesn't look really great. I'm thinking those are going to be perfect spots to dig it out and put in some bulbs for the spring or put in a shrub or at least plant some more of the jasmine before it has basically a bald spot in the middle of it. That's no good. So think about those things and how we're going to repair them. The figs, of course, will eventually have to be thinned in the middle because the ideal way for a fig to grow is so that sunlight gets in from the top of the canopy all the way down to the lower branches. That way you get more figs. So if you're looking in on, at, at supertalk.tv, guess what? You get to see Janice's lovely fig tree. It was a big thing, wasn't it? But it would it didn't free it didn't freeze anymore because it was in that protected corner. And it's it's gonna be just as gorgeous again. Probably have more figs on it next year than ever because it'll be in survival mode. I like that too. 
Next Tuesday is Tulip Tuesday. I'm looking forward to that. Flower Growers of Mississippi 2, if you're on Facebook, please join us. Get in touch with Donna Yowell, dyowell at aol.com, or through the, through the Facebook group so you can join us. Guess what I'm going to talk about? Summer stressors on cut flowers. Mm-hmm. When you go to the market today, and I hope you go to the local market, local farmer's market in your town every week or or so, but every week would be great. We don't ask too much, but every week we'd like you to be there. There's an opportunity for you to usually see what's blooming, and there will be a lot of flowers. I am shocked at how beautiful the flowers are this year, considering how hot it is. So let me know what you think. Tell me what uh, tell me what you what you find out. That would be fun. One quick question for you, my my basil plant. You know, you tell me to you need to pick off as you go the flowers. Yeah, the flowers. And you need to eat the basil. And you need to eat the basil. Mm -hmm. So I think I let mine get a little too full, and I've watered and watered and watered, but it seems to be shedding a lot. Oh yeah, that's the heat. The heat. So is there any remedy for that other than water? Cut it back. Cut it back. Like at the top, just start cutting it down a bit. Well, cut. Go into the thickest part of the stem and cut it where there's two leaves, where there's sets of leaves coming out. Mm -hmm. But take it down by about half its size. Okay. Perfect. I just had to do that to one of mine. Um, I don't. I don't really make that much pesto, but I got a whole lot of frozen basil cubes now. Because <laughs> you can't. You don't want to get rid of them, but you can't use it all at that moment. That's the. It's the best thing if you have a dog and it likes to go out and roll around in the dirt and get moist and all that. Get a handful of that basil and rub it all over your dog. Ah, and then and the dog smells better. The dog smells amazing <laughs> and it loves basil. That's the other problem. Like now it goes that. to the basil and starts pulling leaves off for me. I'm like, hey, keep it up. I I need your help. That's but. right. That's right. Well, when we pinch basil and it gets thick like it should, the same way coleus does, the same way mint does, we do end up with a very thick plant at this point of the season. And because it is so hot, sometimes those plants are, you know, they've only got a set of roots for the, that would support half that size, but they've gotten so large that they do need to be cut back. You can do that with all your flowers, too, at this point. In, everything from impatiens. You know, maybe you've got uh, maybe your zinnias that you grew along with me or maybe some that you've grown elsewise are starting to look a little shady. I've got some that have burned leaves at the bottom and beautiful flowers at the top. I thought to myself, you know, I need a taller side on this container so you can't see the bad part. So you can do that, too, if you want. That would be fine. We talk all the time about the, the threats to our pollinators. And we also talk all the time about the things that we can do to improve their circumstances. You know that I am devoted to sustainable gardening. It's something that I was taught as a child. It's something that I continue to practice, even though I have certainly been down the road of more traditional, more modern methods. I went to college for that and have worked in both ends of that particular thing. But in my home space, particularly in my food, I have always wanted to be as naturally as possible, caring for the soil, caring for the plants, and taking care of the issues like fertilizer, because making sure that you have something blooming all the time, even if it's just clover, you know, some little something in the middle of the winter, making sure that you are not introducing anything that is a threat to the pollinators makes a whole big difference. 
That's why I've got scores of bumblebees on my Vitex right now, and the back end, they've just about drunk the flocks out. The little bees and other little critters in the back, I've got some little tiny wasps that are back there. And they, they're, those flowers have been should have already been cut, but I left them so that they could continue to get the nectar out of them, and they're just about dried up now from all of that. But we learn things every so often about the different threats that are going on to different critters in the pollinator world. We need them to be better. We need them to thrive so that we can thrive. Global global insect decline is going on at an incredible rate. For those of you like me who have mosquito bites all over, you may feel like that's a good thing. It's actually not. It's it's actually not a good thing. How does everything relate? What does what troubles them? What doesn't? What gives other problems? They were measuring the collective thermal behavior of bumblebee colonies a couple of years ago. These were turns out that when the resources become scarce, those particular ones cannot regulate. They can't keep things as warm when they have been exposed to glyphosate. This was a test to to test what happens to the bumblebees, not not honeybees, but bumblebees, when they're exposed. And what happens is they can't keep their temperature up in their brood, so therefore their numbers decline because not as many of them survive. It's an interesting thing. As far as we can see, they said we don't, they they just, nothing happens. They just stop. So what they're going to work on, of course, is things like, the locomotion of the bees in terms of how they can move, how they can continue to get what they need done, done in terms of pollinating. But there's also an adaption that the the bees try to make. So they're trying to see whether that's going to work. It would be great if it did. It would mean that the, the glyphosate wouldn't be a problem. But meanwhile, it has changed the way they are attracted to ultraviolet light, and it has changed the way that they perform. And it is also really obvious that they're not as clever in terms of avoiding predators as they were. Interesting stuff. Things we might not want to hear about, but things you need to know at least that there's somebody studying it. And pe- there's not a reason, there's no reason not to study it, I should say. There's many reasons to study these things. We should continue to study. That's why we learn stuff all the time. Really, really pretty. I do like mulberry trees. Rich is sending us pictures um I think we should have more. I remember when Birdman Ken Hackman first began talking about people needing to plant more mulberry trees. They had a hard time finding them, but I believe that they're in the market now in greater, especially if you go where there are folks selling, you know, native or wildlife gardens or all of that stuff. Now, that being said, I wanted to tell you today about mulberry weed, which has absolutely nothing to do with mulberry trees, except that under the leaves, where the leaves meet the stem, they form their flower and their tiny fruit, which really does almost look like a mulberry. So if you go out in your yard and there's, a, there's, there's some weeds over in the side, the leaves are pretty, but you look there and you realize that there's something there, and you go and you think, oh, that's the one. Because each place there's a leaf coming off that stem, there's likely to be a little, quote-unquote, mulberry. It's not a mulberry. But that's how come those weeds proliferate. Even though you didn't plant them, they're going to grow everywhere because they make plenty of seed. And you may or may not want them around. I don't keep them beyond the point where they have made a bloom because they're not useful to me. And, and frankly, 
they're not quite like gripe weed. They, they don't proliferate quite as much, but they certainly do take care of keeping themselves in the garden. I would never be able to get every one of them out. That's just the way it goes. Oh, speaking of Birdman, there's some interesting bird stories in the news this week. I was... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I, I remember learning about birds that steal the eggs or steal the nest of the other bird. Okay, knock the eggs out and take the nest over, different things like that. The cuckoo forgeries, of course, um, are, are pretty famous. After the, 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 but now we're looking at African cuckoos lay their eggs in the, another bird's nest, in the drongo's nest, because they don't want to raise their own children. How do you feel about that? Well, the Drongos, apparently it's okay with them, but there are some who are not as happy as others. What they have looked at is which eggs get favored. And what they, of course, have found is that there are times when the, the mulberry, I mean, the, the cuckoo, rather, bird baby doesn't get the attention that the others do, whether it's an egg or whether it has hatched. University of Cambridge, University of Cape Town, working in collaboration in Zambia, set out to explore the effectiveness as a defense against this incredible, highly accurate mimicry that the cuckoos have managed to do. They're, they lay eggs that are forgeries. <laughs> they don't look like their eggs. They look like the other eggs. Now, how did we get that to happen? Interesting stuff. Mimicry, of course, is one of those things that allows birds to survive where they wouldn't, because if there is not actually the ability or the capacity to build a nest, you've got to smuggle that egg in somewhere else so it can get raised. We would like to think that it's just because they're so, well, shall we say, flighty, <clears throat> that the cuckoos don't want to raise their own children. But it's also true that in some cases, there's no other nest to, to use. So I don't want you to think too badly of the cuckoos. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, good, good, good. They, they cut the aspidistras back. That's so important. Thank you for doing that. I don't, I don't know if deer eat Akuba. Somebody tell me. I, somebody, I just don't, I've never seen them on a list. I don't know about that one. We'll see what else we can do. See who else we can talk to. And get right back here on Weekend Gardening. Faster relief, you can count on back for qualified first-time buyers. Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and his wife, Jenny. Now, have you furnished your doghouse yet? Well, actually, sleeping bags work well. But the dog takes up most of the space. Well, at least he doesn't snore as loud as you. Sounds rough. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. 
Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive. Are you the parent of a two to seven year old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month, but you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. I know Notice mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to Orchard retirement.com super talk mississippi media welcomes guns and roses to the coast coliseum in biloxi september 20th it's the biggest rock concert of the year and we've got your chance to win free tickets with a super upscale hotel stay at beau rivage resort and casino biloxi plus a stretch level to get you to and from the show in style want to win it of course you do keep listening to super talk for complete details on how you can win this once in a lifetime experience to see guns and roses live come party on the coast september 20th Somebody's winning it all, and it could be you. It's Guns N' Roses with Super Talk Mississippi. You can enter to win at Rick's Pro Truck, Divinity Equipment in Madison, and at Rapid Tire Exchange in Clinton. Go to supertalk.fm slash GNR for more details. Must be 21 to enter to win. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. We're going abroad for the first time in years. To Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Well, hey yourself. 
Now, this is a good one. I, feel, I love, love, love that y'all text and send pictures and that we're getting a chance to show y'all some of the pictures now. I will still do my very best to describe them as if you were not able to see them, because many of you can't. But for those of you who can, please put up with me a little bit. This is really, really great. Donald's in Oxford, and he we've been talking about Donald's fig, like so many, all spring. These are three photos. They look really great. No, the, answer, the first answer is no, don't cut that top back yet. And yes, you probably will want to in the middle of the winter, but don't do that now because it's all leafed out and just lovely. It's beautiful. But if you get to the point of winter and you realize that the whole thing is not getting any sun beyond that top, that's where you're going to want to do the pruning, but not right now. In the second case, of course, the stuff that's actually dead, you can go ahead and cut off. That's not a problem. And look at those figs. Yay! <laughs> He's right. I wouldn't cut that down, and I'm so happy that you're getting figs. But that's the case where, as I've been saying this morning, keep it watered so you can get some fruit. I'm, I'm wondering about the persimmon crop. I know that there's folks, we have a big bunch of persimmons, both Japanese and native, here. And the question is always... Do they get enough water? How big are they going to be? Will they be sweet? Because sometimes too much water makes them not so sweet. But uh, those questions are all on our minds. And frankly, this is the time of year when somebody's going to tell me. The good news is we enjoy that very, very much. Beautiful, beautiful time in Ocean Springs sends pictures of, of butterflies. And, and uh, Trey weighs in to tell us that brown-headed cowbirds also put their eggs in other birds' nests. And I just have to say that I don't know. Does that mean that you're like a, you know, you have a, you just have to go ahead and raise them? I don't know. I, I would think so. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Deer will eat the akuba. He tells us. Is this the new? Is this the new news? <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Well, I appreciate knowing that. Um, can we talk to him? Okay. Good morning. Welcome in, Mr. Key. Thank you for calling from Clinton. So the deer ate your akuba. They love a coop. Well, they will strip it. Uh, all new growth that comes out, they'll munch it down, and they just they leave you some stems. Uh, I, they they don't eat right at the ground, but they will clear the rest of it. That is no fun, is it? I I know you know yeah, because no y'all in, in Clinton, y'all have as many deer in the neighborhood as you do people. Sometimes I know, <laughs> having worked at the Clinton I Nature have, Center. I you know, there's quite there's a whole lot. We had the experience there of of discovering that they will eat the flowers off of knockout roses, but not the roses. <laughs> that was an interesting well, night they, for us. They, they will eat all of the new growth, new growth on knockouts. I yep. have two questions. Yes, sir. One is a mulberry self-pollinating. Yes, is a mulberry. Self-pollinating, yes. or do you need more than one? The, it'll, it's self-pollinating. You'll always get more if you have two, just like persimmons and so many other things. But, yeah, you'll get them if you only have one. Okay. And my other thing is uh, the bumblebees and mm -hmm. carpenter bees, I've got plenty. Uh, I know the carpenter bee bores in and makes tunnel in wood and everything. But what about bumblebees? What kind of nest do you have for a bumblebee? <laughs> Um, not not nearly like the carpenters, I'll tell you. The, the probably the, the if you ended up with a nest where you didn't want it, the bumblebees might get in your way. But otherwise, they're just on the scene. They're they're not like carpenter bees. They're not destructive. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that that's it. And I appreciate your show and Thank always you. enjoy it. Thank you very much. Glad to hear from you today. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. You know, there's always a question, isn't there, about what do we do next in the garden? And one of the things you do need to do if you've had a carpenter bee problem is to look around and figure out where it is and what the trouble is because we end up with um, some other par- other problems. For example, someone sent in an email. We're going to say that this is Bobby and Belzona because we don't know who it is. Speaking of figs, there was something on the fig leaves that looks like sawdust. And what is this? What what uh, is it? Could be? Could it be carpenter bees? Sure, it can always be carpenter bees at this time of the year. It, but it can also be a different problem. If you look in your, any of your leaves are getting skeletonized. In other words, you're seeing that you you got the little veins still there, but you don't have the leaf itself. The green part is being eaten away. Those some of those critters will also leave a sawdust type residue. And, of course, classic um, borers will do that. So just look at, look on the plant, on your fig itself, look for the holes in the stems. Or if it's not there, look, for, look in the tree above it. If you've got something, if it's growing in the shade, that something else could be falling on it. But you probably, you, you have an insect issue of some sort, and you certainly need to deal with that. Okay, okay. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I, I don't. Tom and I are trying to decide what his flowers are. I'm gonna. I'm gonna think about it. I don't believe it's the one I suggested because it's not the right season. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's from Brandon that we've got the sawdust on the leaves. Okay. <laughs> Is that the picture? Is that the note that they sent? Let's talk to them and find out. We've got just about enough time for that. Hello, Friedman. What's going on? Uh, well, uh, I have the sawdust on my fig leaves. I'm, I'm had a lot of damage from the freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tree was all leafed out, and it just, uh, you know, they burned to a crisp. But some more came on, and I have a few little figs. Mm-hmm. I'm getting about a dozen or so a day. Good, good. But tiny. But yesterday I noticed this, uh, like, sawdust or mm-hmm. little tiny wood chips on some of the leaves. Mm-hmm. I couldn't see it. Uh, I don't know if it's carpenter bees or what it could be. It can be. What you need to do is look along the wooden part of your stems and see where the holes are and how big they are. And if they're not there, it may be that some of your leaves are getting chewed by a beetle that also does that same kind of residue. So you you should be able to tell on the tree. Now, obviously, if the tree's in the shade, it could be what's above it that's causing the problems. But we have borers, we have carpenter bees, we have borers, we have carpenter bees, and we also have skeletonizing insects, all of which can do that. Mm -hmm. So just take a look. Is there anything to be done? Well, if if you when you identify what the insect is, you may or may not want to do anything about it. You certainly can. Usually it's going to be spinosad at this time of the year, but you might decide to use something else to control it. I would not use a neem oil. I wouldn't use any kind of oil right now. Okay. All right. Okay, well, thank you so much. It's almost too hot to even be out there doing anything about it. (laughs) Thank you for calling. (laughs) Appreciate it. You know, I hate that we have problems, but we do. And sometimes it's as simple as something passed by, stuck in and and did a little chewing, left some sawdust, and it's gone. Other times it can be a big issue. So that's why you need to decide and figure out which which problem it is. There you go. Um. Well, yeah, I, school started, and there are people that feel like it's starting too soon. 
That's a that's been a, a common thread um, at, at my grocery store this week and various other places. I thought I remembered going back later, like my birthday being August sixteenth. Uh, we I had like a birthday party. I thought then we went back to school, but I could be you know my you know memory gets fuzzy with age, so maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> But well, no, I feel like I, we went no, back later. Tradi- traditionally, we went back to school after Labor Day. But the good news is, in many ways, in many places, we have gone to a system where you get m- more breaks during the year, but there's not this big long one in the summer. So you do end up going back when you have to run the air conditioner 24-7 just to keep it cool enough to get in the classroom. It's a good plan. It's just different. And depending on when you decided you were going to have that birthday party, it could turn out to be an after-school one. Who knows? You know, there's a lot to talk about, and I can't believe it. We have zoomed all the way through one hour already. This is the fastest two hours in radio. Stick around. we got more to go. Nowadays, more people are cutting the cord, ditching traditional cable and satellite television, and instead just streaming everything. With Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's over-the-top advertising, you can get your business seen on streaming TV. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted team can show you how your ad dollars can go further to reach a more targeted audience. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Faster relief, you can count on back for qualified first-time buyers. Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and his wife, Jenny. Now, have you furnished your doghouse yet? Well, actually, sleeping bags work well. But the dog takes up most of the space. Well, at least he doesn't snore as loud as you. Sounds rough. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why X-Mark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an X-Mark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. David, Three bridges, Clinton, 1.2 million. Meadowbrook Housing, 70 million. Thundering Parking Garage, 20 million. Actions speak louder than words. I need your prayers and vote. Paid for by friends of David L. Archie. I am David L. Archie. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Secretary of State Michael Watson is continuing to push for the enforcement of Tideland leases on the coast saying that he sees the Tidelands as a state-owned asset. It's not just this mean old Secretary of State up in Jackson is trying to be mean to the coast. I'm from the coast, and that's the important piece. Folks in Belmont own the Tidelands just as much as people from Biloxi. And so this is a state 
owned asset that we've got to make sure that we're getting just value for it. Watson added that he and Attorney General Lynn Fitch's office have been working together to resolve the issue for months. I think she was referring to a DMR issue where DMR basically issues permits for folks to work on this land. And our claim was, look, if the individual doesn't have lease of this, this property, then why are you giving them permits to go work on it if they don't control it? Uh, she disagreed and said, basically, that's not their job. They don't have to determine who has ownership, which, again, I disagree with, but it is what it is. We did not disagree on the Supreme Court case. We said, look, we're going to follow it as well. We have one voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. 95. Here's how to welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and Jenny. So what's next with your doghouse? Well, we're going to put on an addition. We've got a litter on the way. And I don't know where we're going to put all of them. Be careful, Bob. You're already in hot water for not calling 811. You don't want to get busted for littering. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. A lot of Americans were stunned when President Biden announced the U.S. is low on ammunition during an interview in June. Senator Roger Wicker is the ranking member on the Armed Services Committee. No, we're not out of bullets, but our industrial capacity is, it, it's, it's not keeping up. But we, we are... Um, we're trying to address that, but it's been very, very slow. He says we've learned our industrial base is low. We learned, well, we're just not making an, uh, enough submarines per year. So um, the fact that we are learning this actually has a hidden benefit. We're going to have to start making more submarines and we're going to have to start making more ammunition. That's one of the reasons the president is sending the cluster ammunition to Ukraine because we uh, we we're frankly out of some other things for more information find us online at supertalk.fm as far as mississippi i'm nixon williams the pro football hall of fame class of 2023 will be inducted into canton ohio today ronde barber cornerback and safety with the tampa bay buccaneers coach don Coriel, coach of the st louis cardinals and the san diego chargers Chuck Howley, linebacker for the Bears and the Dallas Cowboys. Joe Klecko, defensive end and tackle for the Indianapolis Coast and the Jets. Darrell Revis, who played most of his years as cornerback with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Jets. Ken Riley, cornerback with the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Thomas, offensive tackle with the Cleveland Browns. Zach Thomas, linebacker for the Miami Dolphins and the Cowboys. And Demarcus Ware. Linebacker, defensive end with the Cowboys and the Denver Broncos will be the nine inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame today. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi.
that nowadays most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. But what if the online information about your business is incorrect or even worse, not very flattering? If your online presence isn't great, you may be losing customers. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's trusted and highly trained team is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. The NFL training camps and preseason is underway for the NFL. There are several Mississippi players that were on the draft picks. Their own training camp rosters hoping to make the 53-man roster. Among them, Emmanuel Forbes, defensive back out of Mississippi State, was Washington's first-round draft pick. Jonathan Mingo, wide receiver out of Ole Miss, was the Panthers' second-round draft pick. Zach Evans, running back out of Ole Miss, was the Rams' sixth-round draft pick. Cameron Young, defensive tackle out of Mississippi State, was the Seahawks' fourth-round draft pick. Nick Broker, offensive lineman out of Ole Miss, was the Bills' seventh-round draft pick. Isaiah Bolden, defensive back out of Jackson State, was the Patriots' seventh-round draft pick. And Tavius Robinson, linebacker from Ole Miss, was the Ravens' fourth-round draft pick. Coming up Thursday night, a couple of preseason games, Houston will take on New England, and the Vikings will take on the Seahawks. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mama's on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. This is Weekend Gardening, the place where you can learn about what's going on in your garden, get your questions answered, frankly, brag a little bit, show off, send in some photos on the C Spire text line, and talk to me on the Super Talk call line. If you've got questions, observations, or quite frankly, complaints, we, we appreciate all of those things, and we take them all in stride. Welcome in. When I speak of we, I'm not talking about you know Queen Elizabeth and the whole gang. I'm talking about me and Lance. We're here. You're there. Let's do radio, okay? Now, there's something that has happened. I've been thinking about Queen Elizabeth, but I'm thinking about Elizabeth the First. Okay, y'all know about Queen Elizabeth the First? Well, probably you do. And one of the things that happened in her reign, of course, it, it, she she's Anne Boleyn's daughter. For those of you who don't know these things, you may know Anne Boleyn as one of the sadly fated wives of Henry the Eighth. His their daughter. Elizabeth was three when her mother was killed, and as a result, and I'm going to say it straight out, as a result, she never married, okay? So there's wonderful reign, big, very, very much for, for her people and all those kinds of things that they say about, uh, about emperors and rulers and kings and queens. Well, with that kind of power, of course, comes a whole lot of responsibility, and as a result, people like, oh, I don't know. 
the Camden's Annals people, the people that kept the record of what all happened in her reign, knew that they really couldn't put all of that information out there. And indeed, they covered it up. Only now, this was in the 17th century, only now are scientists able to see what was underneath the cover and read what actually happened during the reign of Elizabeth I. One of the things is that King James came after her. You may know him from the King James edition of the Bible, but he was Mary's son, and apparently the the story was that she had named him from her deathbed. Well, she didn't. And so the question of whether or not he should have been king is sort of left up to the historians to determine because the rest of us don't have anything to say about it. But it just lets you know that there is someone out there accurately recording everything that happens, whether or not it makes sense to those of us on the other end of things. I have recently talked to somebody who says he grows potatoes all year round because all he does is get them from the store and sprout them and then grow the next bunch. So he plants potatoes four or five times a year. I can't believe that. And yet I see the pictures. So the history's there if I just would believe it. Now we've got information telling us about a different. This was These were all done with light penetration. This is a new one. A portable chemical imaging technology can reveal hidden details in ancient Egyptian paintings. Things we didn't know were there. The things we try to hide from everybody currently, even though we know that eventually somebody's going to figure it out. This is, um, well, let's just face it, this is a whole lot of world of research going on that they're going to have to do because you can't just answer this question easily. What's under there? Hmm. They're going to have to tell us. I wonder sometimes if when we look at the different things, for example, some of us may have a garden that we stack up and just plant through as it as it rots. Other people till things up. We have different ways of doing things. And I'm just wondering how's, who's going to examine all that and who's going to tell us stuff. You know, who's going to tell us where we need to be and what we need to be doing. Rich, that is an absolutely beautiful shot of the hummingbird. And, yes, it did get up on the TV screen for a moment. We're going to see some more of that. Um, there's so much. There's, they're just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. We're so lucky. Y'all are just so cool. Thank you. Should I wait to plant my fall vegetable seeds until we're no longer hitting the temperatures near 100? That's from Yazoo County. Depends on what it is. If you want to start broccoli seeds to plant the plants next month, go ahead and start them. If you're wanting to sow mustard greens, I might wait a little while. So, in other words, if you want to sow in the ground, you have a few weeks margin. You don't have to do that right now. We often, in, in August, say that, for example, in Tupelo, you could be planting beets. I probably wouldn't right now. we got plenty of time, and it is awfully hot. The other, the other piece of it, though, is that if you want that to plant, to transplant in the in next month or so, you're going to need to go ahead and start them inside or, or under, mine are outdoors, but they're in a shaded area. So that, that's where I'm starting my seeds. We all need, apparently, to start some trees. I had no idea that this was this way. Um, usually, <laughs> usually you start the story, you read from the top, and you read the beginning of the story, and you, you figure out what's going on, and you don't even necessarily aren't interested in the last paragraphs, because those are the ones that the editor might cut off anyway, so the, the information tends not to be as relevant. Well, in this case, I had to read all the way to the end to get to the point. 
University of Vermont has done some research into the availability of tree seedlings. There are so many trees that need to be planted, but we've got a bottleneck. The tree nurseries don't grow close to enough trees or have the diversity and species that we need to meet these ambitious plans. Theoretically, we should be planting in the U.S. Forest Service a billion trees in the next nine years. <coughs> That's a lot of trees, excuse me. But new research is giving us insights into where the problems come from. What they studied was over 600 plant nurseries. They found about 50, a little more than 50, that grow and sell seedlings in the tree seedlings in the volumes that would be needed. And really, that's not anywhere near enough. So there's an overwhelming scarcity of tree seedlings. We can fix that, can't we? I would hope so. We go all the way to the end of the research, the, the research report, however, it tells us the truth. <laughs> and this sounds like so many of us. I was out picking up Buckeye seeds in the back the other day, and I thought, I wonder how many people are doing this. University of Vermont's Peter Clark, you know, I never, I seldom cite because I seldom quote. Today I'm going to quote him. People want trillions of trees, he tells us, but often on the ground, it's one old farmer walking around to collect acorns. <laughs> There's a massive disconnect. And isn't that the truth? We know, for example, that we want more native plants because we want more things that are appealing to the native critters that are here. But we don't think about that. We just we go get the next thing that comes off the truck. I mean, we're we're no, you, you can be the most conscious nursery professional in the world, but you're not necessarily going to be able to advertise as strongly as what you'll see on television. And people go out and they want that. The next thing you know. More, more unnative or non-native plants have made their way in. Oh, this is beautiful. Zinnias. This is uh, in, in Vaughan, Mississippi. Beautiful, beautiful swallowtail on the zinnias. That's just a gorgeous, good photo, too, by the way, y'all. We should make note cards out of all these things. Y'all are really good at this. <laughs> beautiful things. This is exciting. There's so y'all y'all are so full of so many things. There there were not any questions on Facebook this week that I could not answer that were not answered already in the photo section. But you know if you are part of that group and many of you are, by all means get in touch with me if you have a, if you don't get your question answered because you didn't put up a photo, it'll be answered here. So you have two choices in that regard. I had a note in there from someone about um, professional help about another thing this week that, again, you need to send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com, and I'll be happy to tell you what I think about that. The newsletter is becoming more successful, I believe. I've had so many nice comments this week. Brenda was so sweet, sent me a card. That was just lovely. But that's another thing you can find out more about, mamaonair at yahoo.com. If you give yourself a couple of gifts along the way, and in this particular case it may be as simple as an afternoon nap on a hot afternoon, but you, if you give yourself some gifts that have to do with gardening, you're going to be better off and you're going to be happier. And I'm, I'm just telling you that straight up. This week I have taken down one tomato, bat, tomato um, pot with three tomato plants in it, gigantic thing. Took those down, cut back the basil, and have worked that up. Now I'm going to put some flowers in there for the fall. 
what I'm planting right now are zinnias and strawflowers because that's what I happen to have. But I've also got nasturtium seeds that I'm going to soak and plant and some other things that will come along a little bit later on. But right now you can still plant all of the heat lovers. I planted some sunflowers the other day. So there's there's many, many things that we can grow right now. And it doesn't take long to get out and put out a few seeds. I'm I'm not saying that that really takes us, takes us away from having to water things. It doesn't. But just like everything else, we have to pick our battles. And in this particular case, I think a few seeds going in now would make make you really happy a little bit later on. You'd be surprised at how nice that is. Something else that's doing pretty well, um, the Tabasco pepper plant, the shishitos have slowed down and then started up again. So I'm I'm full of those. But the Tabasco, I've decided Tabasco is really my Goldilocks of peppers. Um, that's because it's the medium heat. And for those of you who think it's too hot, I'm just going to tell you it's not. What's too hot for me is um, the the book or the the ghost peppers. I don't have a lot of success with those. That they have more heat than they have taste to me. But the little ones, you know, jalapenos are tasty, but I really prefer them roasted. I like the chipotle part of that, but they're not hot. They're 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 just tasty. But Tabasco, Cayenne, Pekin. Those are all of the peppers that I really like, and it's I think it's because they're in that medium range. They have different tastes. They don't taste alike, but they have about the same amount of heat. So if you, if you haven't found the one that you like, this is a good time to explore because everywhere that you go to, to buy peppers or anything else, really, there's going to be six different kinds at least, if not more than that. So enjoy those and, and give yourself a chance to find something that you didn't know you liked. <laughs> That's always fun to do. Yes, indeed. I just had no idea. I had no idea that the hidden details of Egyptian paintings were going <laughs> to I didn't, I didn't realize there were any hidden details, but there they are. We're going to find out more stuff. I wonder what they'll find when they go back and start, you know, trying to figure out what's underneath the images on some of the things from the 20th century. Oh, my goodness. That's just beautiful. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, the, another question from Yazoo. His son, her son, loves the olive trees. And are, are there any producing olive trees that will grow in a container? Yes, the, uh, my suggestion is if you're interested in olive trees and you live in my listening area, you need to start doing a little searching up over in – there's a really very, very active olive industry in the southern part of Georgia. So they, they're the place to look for both the varieties that you can grow. She's talking about growing this in a container. I think that's fine. But you need to, to get a variety that still has some tolerance for both that and for the cold that you're going to have. There are varieties, though, that are that are worthwhile. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I think it's a really a good thing to do because those that's another thing that you you may not necessarily ever make olives, but you certainly will know a whole lot more about it. You'll have another beautiful tree. They're lovely trees. And I think particularly because they're a little bit exotic, it gives your garden a slightly different look than the one next door. And that's always another good reason to grow something interesting in a container. But absolutely, by all means, give yourself the opportunity to to grow an olive tree. I would not just run out and start ordering one online, though. I would go, I would look at the folks doing their work over in Georgia. Because they're and and believe you me, it's good. It's good oil too. We've talked about it here before. Um, I can't remember exactly what the story was, but there there's people that are from here, people that live here that are from there that 
use it all the time, and I I really liked it. It was really good stuff. Do you want to remember more stuff? You know, there are people who say that they can't sleep because they they know that they'll have um, dreams that they don't want to have. There are people that don't don't like to remember stuff. There are other people that just love it. But the inability to remember, just like the inability to dream, is something that you should pay attention to. And in this particular case, the University of California at Irvine just said, well, we're going to see what happens. There, This is, I don't know that they're famous for aromatherapy, but I would bet that they are. When a fragrance, they don't, they, they, they don't tell me at first which one, but when a fragrance wafts its way through the bedrooms of older adults for two hours every night for six months, their memories increase, their ability to remember things, right? It, particularly longer-term things. They reaped a 200% plus increase in the, the cognitive capacity compared to the control group that simply didn't have the fragrance put through the room. Isn't this crazy? This is really something that we, I guess we should have thought about. What do you think about when you're when you're going to go to sleep? Do you have is there a fragrance that you associate with that? I I associate the smell of baking bread with waking up. I associate the smell of gardenias with the ceiling the the attic fan rather that drew the, drew in the fragrance in my childhood. But what do you what do you think about what do you think about that? Is that a good idea? This is in Frontiers in Neuroscience. The program was conducted through the University of California Center for Neuro- Neurobiology excuse me, of Learning and Memory. And this, these were people that do not have memory impairments between the ages of 60 and 85. They were given a diffuser, you've seen those, and seven cartridges, each with a single and different natural oil. They put a different cartridge in every night and activated it and it was the the results were the same whatever the smell was isn't that interesting i'm I'm thinking i'm gonna have to try that one i don't like a lot of there are a lot of essential oil smells that i'm not crazy about but i think i'm gonna try this one see if it helps i don't know that's of course pardon my joke if i remember to do that okay anyway I did not know, and you probably did not know either, that it's okay to go ahead and dig up caladiums if you're trying to get the bed ready for something else. Someone sent me a note and said that she had done this a couple of times, and then she finally read somebody somewhere that also had done it. She has to get ready because of her her travel for work schedule. She has to get the fall garden in earlier than the rest of us. So when you get to that point where you want to plant fall mums or you're putting in you get you know you're getting ready for pansies in october and that sort of stuff and the caladiums are continuing to be lovely go ahead remember that you can always just dry them out but they're they're drying out now on their own of course because there's not a whole lot of sun not a whole lot of water and even in the shade it's pretty hot so the the good news is that if you just don't like the way they look If you want to replace them, if you're ready for the next season, yeah, you can dig up your caladiums, dry them up, put them in. You know, you need to let the leaves die back and go ahead and get them into storage. Why not? After all, as they say, time is tight.
9495. Here's how to... Welcome back to Doghouse Living. We're talking with Bob and Jenny. So what's next with your doghouse? Well, we're going to put on an addition. We've got a litter on the way. And I don't know where we're going to put all of them. Be careful, Bob. You're already in hot water for not calling 811. You don't want to get busted for littering. Folks, stay out of the doghouse. Call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchardretirement.com. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due what is in your power to do it. Proverbs 3.27. Willie Bob McGinnis is running for Hines County Tax Assessor and understands citizens of Hines County deserve this approach in dealing with their hard-earned tax dollars. I am proud to call Willie Bob McGinnis my friend. He will work tirelessly for all citizens of Hines County, and you better believe there isn't a finer or more qualified person for the job. If you value honesty, integrity, and work ethic in a public servant, then vote Willie Bob McGinnis as Hines County Tax Assessor in August, and you will have a friend looking out for you. Paid for by Willie McGinnis. Are you the parent of a two to seven year old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one -on -one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month, but you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. Today, Jesus asks you, who do you think I am? We like to talk about people, don't we? You know we do. Well then, what do you think about Jesus? There are, I believe, only three ways you can answer. Two are ancient, the third is more modern. A classic message from the late Pastor Ken Klaus. It's Archives August, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Each Sunday morning at 7 on Supertalk 97.3. Gallo here for Baroni's Tree Pros. My friends at Baroni's Tree Pros put customer satisfaction as the only way to leave a job. Nothing less than the best service you'll find in the industry on tree removal, tree pruning, stump grinding, debris cleanup. You got questions? Baroni's Tree Pros will give you a plan, time frame, and budget that's perfect for you. Free estimate at 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. Or it's online at baroniestreepros.com. 
And from the news you may not want to know department, which I do try to add, you know, you need to have things you can talk about with your family at dinner, but you also need things that you just need to toss over in your own head, maybe frighten someone with along the way. University of Queensland is letting us know that by the time they're 75 years old, half of the population has some sort of mental health disorder. Now, as one who is of a certain age, but not 75, I do believe that's always measured by someone at least half that age. So we'll decide later on whether or not it actually applies to anyone that we know. But there's the obviously you can have phobias people have phobias at any age but apparently if it becomes more disabling if you have them the older you get and post-traumatic stress does the same way of course um it also gets it it accelerates the more that it is common among women particularly and depression is also more common among women but it's a it's pretty common among men alcohol abuse is more common among men and all of those are reasons why some people, these, this study indicates that there are reasons why people have mental health disorders. I say that the mental health disorders is why these people have these other problems. So there's, there's some of it balances. If we can't find that balance, there, we always hear people talk about, you know, the, the self-medicating. And people, granted, that's not a, not a bizarre concept. But by all means, go out in the garden first, okay? Wear yourself out a little bit. Overwork yourself, even if it's walking through your house, watering your plants and grooming them. I don't care what your level of activity is. Do something. Grow something. Keep it all moving so that all of it can keep moving. Okay? Another piece of news you may not want to know about is that we have even greater information about the tying between the gut and your brain. Because your gut has a brain that is also tied to your other brain at the top of your head. When the two things are not working together, and I can tell you this from my own experience, life is not so great. But when you can find the balance again, sometimes things get a little better. The other thing you may not want to know is that we are now studying the Atlantic current variability. That's right, the Atlantic Ocean current variability. Guess what? It's not good. The Gulf Stream system, of course, is hugely important. We get we 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 have a lot of our weather because of the Gulf Stream in our part of the world. But the weakening of this system that's been going on for the last 20 years or so is much more of a concern once it gets out over the Atlantic Ocean. So they are they've concluded unfortunately that the observed weakening is at least a a natural fluctuation but that it actually can be related to really, really, really cold weather in the Labrador Sea in the 1990s. When you think about that whole business about, you know, the the butterfly's wings caused something to happen on the other side of the Earth and all of those pieces of the theory, this is exactly that. This is colder weather in one place that changes the Gulf Stream for all the rest of us. Not necessarily correlative and singular, but it is a factor that we need to continue to study, so they're going to do that. This is GEOMAR, the Helmholtz Center for Ocean Research. Pretty interesting. The years 1990 to 94 stood out, really, because it was much, much colder than other times in that they've studied it for the last 200 years. So 200 years is about long enough. You should be able to tell something about it by that time. Oh, I hope that you really did hear me when I said it's a good time to cut stuff back. Oh, dear, I'm going to say it again. If your aspidistra looks like somebody has raked it with a 
strafed it, you know, with something that caused it to shred up, that's because you didn't cut it back after the cold winter. Go ahead and cut it back now. Fertilize it. It'll be absolutely beautiful going forward. You you won't have a problem with that at all. Oh, I, I'm going to say this name, Dracena marginata tricolor. Okay. I've already sent the, the name because it's one of those things that you don't want somebody to have to try and, and spell. This is the rescue plant of the week. And the container has croton, and it also has the tricolor Dracaena marginata. There are a lot of names for that plant, but once you understand that the reason it's marginata is because the inside of the leaf is green and the outside is red, so its margin is different, and it is gray, green, and red, so it's tricolor, then you, you'll always recognize it. You'll always see it again. Sometimes there's even a white stripe. in There'll be green, white, and then red. It's a beautiful plant, and I'm really tickled when anybody rescues something, but particularly when it's something that... Quite frankly, you would pay a whole lot for. <laughs> you would pay a bunch for that if you if you had to. I am I am always amazed, quite frankly, at the things that I forget to do. And one of the things that I forgot to do was to get some of my I have a whole lot of magnolia leaves from the magnolia tree that I don't actually have, but I have. And though I did not do anything to them or with them, so now I've got a pile. And guess what? It's the dustiest mess. And in a summer when it's not quite this dry and this hot, I would have already raked them all out of there and put them in the compost or chopped them up or turned them into something else, done something with them. But oh my goodness, this year is such a mess. I don't know what I don't know what I'm going to do. I I hope that you don't have that similar thing. But if you do. We just have to realize that the hot, hot, hot weather isn't going to continue, and the magnolia leaves will still be there. I did go rake a few away because they were literally piling up on top of some things that I needed to reveal. I needed to give them a little bit of of an opportunity to, to see some sunlight, and that is the hellebores. If you have hellebores in the shade, they may have other things on top of them. You have to give yourself the chance to not necessarily um, surprise it, to not really surprise yourself, but to dig it out a little bit. All right. This, can we go to Jesse? Hey, Jesse, what's going on? Well, we moved into a house in Raymond, and it's has a beautiful bank of tiger lilies, all right? Mm-hmm. Now, I love them. I really do. But I've been told and I've read on the web that tiger lilies have a, a, a type of virus. It's actually the cucumber virus that's endemic to them, okay? And they really don't uh, affect the tiger lilies that much. But they say if you were to plant like um, oriental lilies or, uh, you know, name another kind of lily, it would infect those lilies. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to know if that's true, because I'd like to keep the tiger lilies, but I'd also like to get some, are they friend or Asiatic lilies? Mm-hmm. I forget what they mm-hmm. are. But, well, we're, but, all, we're uh, always advised to keep the tiger lilies separated from the other lilies. I don't, I've heard that before, but I've never seen where the virus spreads. However, I will tell you that the reason for keeping them separate is the same thing as the reason for keeping 
more common day lilies apart from the others is because they're thugs and the tiger lilies will run right over your asiatic lilies or or even maybe not crying them but a whole bunch of your other lilies are going to be less because the tiger lilies are going to spread and and take over their space so i would keep them separate but i wouldn't necessarily i wouldn't necessarily not grow the others i would just put them somewhere else Okay, so the virus is a is a is a shimmera. It's just like it's not even something I should worry about, right? I, I'm I'm going to be surprised if it should be. When I understand the the reason for planting them separate may include that, but the reason that I was taught to plant them separate is really just because they're thuggish, and they'll take over your space. Okay. Great, thank you so much. Sure. Now listen, when you go to get Asiatic lilies. Don't think twice. Buy more than you can afford because <laughs> they're just beautiful. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really mean yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But but do give yourself an ample budget. Don't just buy one. You know, buy three or five because they're beautiful and you'll want more as soon as you get them. No doubt. Thank, Thank you, you Jesse. So Have a great day. <laughs> and now coming in to join us, it's the one and only our own Birdman. Hey, Ken. Good morning. How are you? Very well, sir. How are you doing? I am on top of the world. School has started back, back in the country, and ready to get rolling. That's wonderful. Tell me I about. I wanted to call in this morning. Go ahead. No, go on. I wanted to call in this morning and remind everybody if they haven't noticed that the hummingbird population around the feeders is starting to build up. And that's going to continue. Add some feeders and make sure your nectar is fresh in this nice hot weather because peak is is going to be coming around, oh, about a month from now as we get to that first and second weekend of September. Uh, but you should be having hummingbirds through October, at least through the third week of October. And this will be the biggest amount of hummingbirds that, that folks see at their feeders this time of year it's perfect um, it's an it's ideal time too because we're wonderful. we're so bored with everything else we're so happy to be able to see the hummingbirds i have to tell you ken sometimes they change their behavior and i was surprised at this i have um i have some plants outside my kitchen window that have not been there before and i was standing there looking out really looking at them saying okay that's time to cut this down time to do that and literally, I've never seen a hummingbird at that window. They've come to all my other windows on that side of the house, but they've never come into the kitchen area. And I was so tickled. It just really pleased me. So, of course, I went out and immediately cleaned the feeder again. You know? I felt like I was being fussed Absolutely. at. You know? <laughs> well, they, Tell me about hot water. Tell me about hot water and, and hummingbirds. <clears throat> this, when, it, uh, when that feeder well, sits out there all the day, it gets awfully hot. Yeah, hot water promotes uh, bacterial growth and algal growth, and I just like to keep my feeders fresh mm-hmm. uh, and make sure that you're keeping them fresh all day long. This time of year, it certainly doesn't hurt to uh, to have them in the shade, those feeders. They'll find them, uh, especially if it's an area that's not easy to see from above. You can put out some Tyson Red Ribbon. Uh, out in the sunshine, and that should pull them down. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. feeders themselves can be seen from that red ribbon, and they'll come into that. Perfect. Great idea. You've always got a tip for us. You're just wonderful. You're going to be oh, here. For, you're going to be here in October. Thanks very much for that. Um, I will. I will be doing the Fondren 
bottle tree garden tour, and then I'll be disappearing for a few days when that's all done. And I really appreciate you coming in um, to to take care of things here for me. So I'll I will remind Absolutely. you. Absolutely, I'm looking again. forward to it. Well, I will remind you, and I will remind our audience because there's a whole lot of people that have bird questions, and they know I can't answer them. <laughs> Thank you, Ken. Well, that's fair because I can't answer the plane questions. Well, the good news is we get to work together. So I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Tell your classes they got the best, right. and, and we, we know it, and they ought to appreciate you. See you later. Well, you're kind. Thank you very much. Bye Bye-bye. for now. You know, I'd like my kids to have him for a field biology teacher. Come on. That's fun. Limelight hydrangeas. This is a good question. Mike in Oxford says they got out of little control. Then there was a big rain, and they were sort of looking raggedy. At this point in the season, what can we do to shape them back up? You can cut off the flowers and do a little bit of trimming. Don't do heavy pruning, but you can certainly do a little bit of trimming to neaten things up again, and then sometimes you'll get another set of flowers off of them because that's why we prune them. Like Unlike the others, we prune them in, in the beginning of the season. So they're going to grow all summer and then bloom. So you, you may, depending on how long the season goes, you may, may get another couple of flowers off of there. The only thing really to do at this point, though, is just that neatening. And I know sometimes it's kind of like a... A pear tree or something with too many pears on it and you feel like the whole thing's going to hit the ground yeah you can prop the limb up if you need to but hopefully being able to just take off the flowers themselves as they age a little bit will do the same job we'll see we hope so if i deadhead the vitex oh hey andrea yes it can bloom again um the the vitex continues to bloom and continues to, but if you if you don't do that then you will end up with a carpet of seedlings all over your bed just like i have I've been pulling those up all summer for some reason or another. Beautiful, beautiful eggplant. Those are gorgeous. Thank you, Rich. I love seeing that. I'm growing a little tiny one, and they are really delicious, but these are pretty. I would love to see these on the grill. Very, very nice. Very, very nice. Um, Let's see. Golden barrel cactuses need to stay in the container that they're in, wherever they are. And um, I don't I don't have ant beds that that pick up and move themselves someplace else. So I'm gonna leave that question for somebody else to answer. <laughs> it's another one. Oh, Fridays. Do you have you ever been told this? Have you? I, I was once told by an employer that he might as well close the shop up at noon on Friday because nobody did anything the rest of the day. <laughs> Oops, he may be right. Texas A&M has given us a new study to say that from their School of Public Health, and I do think it fits into my notion that I I know I was promised four-day weeks years and years ago in terms of full-time employment. I don't know if that ever happened. It does in a few places since the pandemic, but not that much. And the question, of course, is how does this work? Well, workers are less productive, and they make more typos in the afternoon particularly on Fridays. I say use spell check. Don't worry about it. It's 2 a.m. where I am. Come on now. Stick around. We're going to go a little farther today on weekend gardening. Don't you know it's a pity the days can't be like the nights in the summer, in the city, in the summer, in the city. Cool town meeting in the city, dressed so fine and looking so pretty. Cool cat looking for a kitty, gonna look in every corner of the city. Till I'm wheezing like a bus stop, running up the stairs, gonna meet you on the rooftop. But at night it's a different world. 
Please do not use gas appliances for purposes for which they are not intended. A gas oven should never be used for heating purposes. Never store flammable materials inside. The Mississippi Propane Gas Association takes pride in keeping your home or business protected. We ensure that our products are delivered in compliance with the highest industry safety standards to safeguard your family, your property, and the environment. Our dealers participate in the industry's best practices for propane usage and promote consumer safety education. Visit MSPropane.com. Energy for everyone. Propane. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Calling all bargain hunters. St. James Episcopal Church in Fondren is having its annual rummage sale on August 5th from 7 to 11 a.m. There'll be an assortment of furniture, art, toys, and clothing all at great prices. Plus, all proceeds benefit church outreach ministries. So come on down to St. James Episcopal Church on August 5th for a great day of shopping and giving back. The sale will be held at St. James Episcopal Church at 3921 Oak Ridge Drive in Fondren. For more info, find the St. James Rummage Sale page on Facebook. We're going abroad for the first time in years to Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind. In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. David, David Archie, Heinz County Superstar. David. Mega Evers Boulevard, 20 million. Livingston Road, housing, 60 million. Edwards, eight streets, repaid. Bolton, five streets, repaid. Actions speak louder than words. I need your prayers and votes. Paid for by friends of David L. Archie. Consumer Cellular's award-winning customer support is 100% based in the U.S. And you are 100% based in the U.S. That's something you have in common with Consumer Cellular's customer service. And Consumer Cellular customer service likes pizza. And you like pizza. And Consumer Cellular has an acute fear of spiders. And your fear of spiders is acute as well. So you already have so many things to discuss when you call Consumer Cellular to talk about our affordable and flexible phone plans. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again! If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. 
Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Ream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? <sighs> The new degree of comfort. Wherever you're going today, I appreciate you having me in your ear. You know, you can always uh, bring that along with you. we got a podcast you can download at supertalk.fm. Check it out. Because after all, you know, you need a good alto voice, a little company with you sometimes. I'm not a sea urchin person, okay? But i got to tell you, this is fascinating. I didn't, I just, you don't think about the, the ones, you don't think about these things, okay? We understand that if we are driving our car on bald tires, we don't have any traction, and it's a mess, and can lead to some very serious situations. But Syracuse universities, or Syracuse, as I should say, are exploring how fresh water, lots of it, too much of it, okay? Torrential rainstorms, for example, brings in too much fresh water into the otherwise marine environment. It's no longer brackish, and things cannot, like sea urchins, cannot get a grip anymore. They have no traction. It's the same phenomenon that we find, unfortunately, with our cars. The concentration of salt changes. The lower salinity levels mean that there's less attachment. There's less natural affection for that, and that's a problem. If, if they're not able to hold on to things, they can, if they can't put their feet down so to speak it's not feet but if they can't put their little tubes down then they can't grow then they can't make more sea urchins it's an interesting thing and one way of course to measure the way things are changing as the climate has changed on them they're the sea urchins of course no matter where they are are responsible for grazing about half of the algae on coral reefs that's their job in the world and indeed if we don't if they're not if they're not able to work it contributes to the further diminishment of the coral reef and we don't none of us want any of that so we have to study all of these different pieces much like we studied last week that we were reading about rather the study of the teeny tiny seriously micro life now we're up into something a little bit larger this this week to make you understand that the coral that can survive all of these things have to work together it goes right back to the balance if we're out of balance we're not able to be healthy, we're not able to be thriving. And in the case of sea urchins, we get swept away. We're not even able to put our feet down, much like the tires that won't hold on to the road. Not a good thing, but something you got to consider. I, I don't know, um, I feel like these are the pages in, in Rich's new menu that he's producing for Kentwood, because I'm going to starve to death just sitting here looking at this stuff, y'all. This is gorgeous. I love, love, love pomegranates, pecans, feta, and cilantro. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out on a limb and call it a crudité. Is that right? Is that what that is? <laughs> anyway, lovely, lovely, um, beautiful version of eggplant, and more eggplant, and more eggplant, and more eggplant. 
<laughs> so much fun. I, why do we call money Benjamins? People have always done that. We've always said, oh, you know, how, what are the Benjamins? Well, of course, he's on the $100 bill. But did you know that, that part of his printing job, Benjamin Franklin, was in fact printing money? Did you know that as soon as there was anybody printing money, there were people printing counterfeit money? <laughs> and now we have ways, we, we understand a little bit more because we've looked at the physics of it. We understand how some of this worked. I just think this is fascinating. Benjamin Franklin recognized so many things, and one of the things he recognized was that the colony's financial independence was essential for their political independence. So therefore, there had to be money, all right? But there, there are, there, there, the colonials themselves did not have a monetary supply. The gold and silver came in and went back out again because they had to finance everything that was going on. So he opened his printing house in 1728, there was very little paper money hither and there, but guess what? He worked on it, and as as clever a person as he was, all that went into this whole business of keeping the money safe, keeping the money real, and keeping the counterfeiters at bay. I, this, there's a movie in here that doesn't do anything else, doesn't tell you anything else about his life, but just this stuff. For example, the difference in his pigments. The, the There was a whole lot of chemical elements, of course, in any of the colonial notes because they made ink out of everything. But in this particular case, they found that the, the counterfeit bills in that era tended to have a lot of calcium and phosphorus, where there's only traces of that in the real bills, in Franklin's bills. They revealed that although he used and sold lamp black, it was that was not what they used in the printed currency, which is what the others did, which counterfeiters had much more access to and was easier to do. This was one that he made a black dye from graphite found in rock. Do you know how long you have to work to get that to happen? Good grief. He was determined that our financial world was going to be on its own two feet, and paper money was the way to get there. You can disagree with the philosophy of it, but he certainly put himself into it and committed himself to it. Now, the paper itself is another one where we're learning something. There have been, the, the, we, you may have heard about um, crane paper, the first, the first people to put fibers that, you know, for the, for, so that it was harder for, to counterfeit the money. Well, okay, guess what? We, he did that already. Before that, he put colored silks into his paper that upon examination looked different from the other papers. And finally, he actually did something that we, we think about all of these really fancy bars and, and lines and things that have been put into the money to change them to make it a little bit more difficult or even a lot more difficult to, con to counterfeit. They put in Muscovite, which made it look a little bit um, interesting, a little bit translucent in places. And when they realized that the counterfeiters didn't have that, it worked on it. It worked better. I can't imagine being a physicist and having somebody come to me and say, I want you to examine this stuff, but I guess it's forensic physics just like it's forensic everything else. I love that. So, so smart. Whatever happened to alchemy? You know, that's it, it, it's not used it's, anymore. It's, but, you know, I, I think there's still, secret, I think there's still people out there doing that. Yeah, I think I, there are still people was, still trying was, to turn yeah. rocks into gold and one thing and another. I was reading about the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, yeah. You ought to read a, a little about that, what the actual key ingredient to that is. It, it'll blow yes, your mind. Yes, it'll wake you up if you haven't paid. Y'all pay attention. Come back. We'll have a chest next week. <laughs>
Oh, my goodness. The, the two screens are on different times over here, so I'm getting to see the zucchini twice. <laughs> That's beautiful. What fun. Um, let's see. Yes, that's exactly right. You're, yes, Rhett, I, I, I agree with you. Yes, you're exactly right. <laughs> okay, then, all right, then in that case, we're talking about cannabis cultivation here on the text line. In that case, I can could tell you and you can tell me what, what you are cultivating, because then I know about it. We had to have a discussion. Depending on what he was talking about, it would or would, or would not work. But this particular person, male or female, I don't know. Bobby and Belzona, you know, we've got another, we've got Ethel and Ethel. I don't know. But anyway, um, we, we are talking about that on here. It's an interesting subject. We'll talk more about it another time when we have time for that sort of stuff. Um, we'll be doing a lot of looking at a lot of issues coming up in the next period of time. Every Saturday morning, though, I have to tell you, it is the most fun to get up and come and have the opportunity to talk with all of y'all about your gardens, to get your input, to, for you to tell me what's going on, for you to tell me what's not going on. Um, I think there's an awful lot of things that we do in the garden that we need probably to translate into the rest of our lives. One of the things about temperature sensation that seems to be driving people so crazy, you just need to realize when you're hot and you need to drink more water than you think you need. We'll be back again next week. We'll talk about this, that, and the other thing. We may even get our friend here with the cannabis post to tell us where it is. He says he's at the best in the world. I don't know. We're going to find out, though. All right, now, stick around. There's more to come here on Super Talk. But right now, be sure you come back next week for more weekend gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communication. Nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Do you have an old, outdated website or just a Facebook page and still not bringing in customers? Targeted digital advertising from Supertalk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is the answer. We're ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. 
Are you the parent of a two to seven year old? Listen closely for an exciting free radio offer. By now you've probably heard of ABC Mouse, the Parents' Choice Award winning online learning program that's actually changing the lives of early learners everywhere. ABC Mouse is like a little one-on-one teacher. It has helped her so much. Right now we're offering a special radio promo to try it free for a month, but you have to go to abcmouse.com slash radio to claim your free month. That's abcmouse.com slash radio. Sponsored by Age of Learning. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.